1: Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington, welcoming you to our latest episode of Late Boomers. Today, we're featuring a special guest, novelist Marie Jones, who has published her first book this year entitled Those We Trust.
2: And I'm Mary Elkins. Marie has been receiving many five-star reviews on her new book, and Is It Ever a Page-Turner? Welcome, Marie. Thank you very much for
3: having me.
1: Thank you for being here. And we'd love to hear about how you found yourself in this career. Can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and education and how you have balanced raising a family now with having your writing
3: career? Absolutely. That'd be great. Um, So I'm obviously in England, as you can tell from the accent. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we uh, were always very big book readers in my family. So I spent... lot of my childhood um reading stories and books and absolutely loving the work just escaping into a book and I started writing my own stories as well when I was a child and um one of my teachers uh, that I actually encouraged me to carry on she read my story out to class and she was like you really should carry on writing which was a great encouragement to me when I was young um, and I then spent some time studying creative writing. So I did it at college and um, just wanted to keep holding my skills. I did it at night school as well, working with other writers. Uh, and then I did put it a bit on the back burner for quite a long time. Um, got married, had children. Um, it's obviously when your children are very young, it's very hard to uh, to balance writing and pursuing your dreams uh, but as they got a bit older I've been able to spend more time going back to to writing that's when I started writing those we trust uh, just uh-huh. about two or three years ago really uh, oh, so right. yeah so, wow.
2: so uh, you're you, you covered it a bit but any particular happening that inspired you to become a writer or a particular book that you read as a child?
3: Yes, I really loved. Um, I really loved Little Woman. I, oh. I thought <laughs> that was a book that. That and Black Beauty were two books that were, poor, were quite defining books for me in my childhood. And then when I was a young teenager, I read um, one of Barbara Taylor Bradford's books, um, A Woman of Substance. Mm. And as part of my English GCSE, we needed to write a biography on an author so I actually contacted her and she wrote back to me personally and I remember the 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 excitement and how much she inspired me to to then kind of pursue writing as well because uh it was it meant so much to me at that age that I she personally wrote to me and gave me lots of information about her life and shared some writing tips with me as well so yeah that was Oh,
1: that's yeah. beautiful. That's, yeah, maybe that's maybe great. a young girl will reach out to you at some point.
3: Yeah, I would love that. I would, yeah, just to encourage the next generation of writers. It's so important.
1: And what, what or who has been your greatest influence?
3: I would say um, my mum has been really great. She's encouraged me every step of the way. To, to be a writer um and my family really generally um and I think within yourself you have to find that inspiration so and that determination I think as a writer you, you face many sort of you will face rejection you will face people saying it's not for me this book um or have maybe rewrite it re-editing it I think you also then as a writer you have to just learn to take that all that feedback on and be mm. inspired to keep going and, and to not give up on your dream, yeah. really, to have it yeah. published.
2: Good advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where did you get the idea for this book? And I understand it's going to be a series. And where do your ideas come from?
3: So a lot of it comes from when actually being in a location. So I'm... This book is set in Scotland, in Inverness, in the Highlands. Um, it's somewhere that I fell in love with as a country uh-huh. as soon as I visited it. I, and I know that, Mary, you've been there as well, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, it's a very, I have too. I love yeah, it. Have you? Oh, I mean, yes. it's, it's stunning. But it's also got, when I was there, I just felt like I could see this kind of, the kind of air mystery around a story which is, What is in this story? So um, I could see my characters there. And I liked the idea of bringing in sort of a crime for air romance in um, quite a raw, beautiful landscape. Um, Mm -hmm. I
2: know exactly what you mean. I was in in Inverness and I was also in Sky. And the landscape and the sky, the
3: actual sky above, are
2: vast there. Yes, yeah.
3: Yeah, I could I could see them, I could see my character Sophia standing on top of the mountain. I've actually climbed a Monroe mountain myself. So I was able to use that as my kind of inspiration in the story. Um, and I just could feel, I think there, you for me, it's always location. Photography starts my ideas. And from there, um, I quite often just hear speech in my head of what my characters could be saying in a certain point in the story.
1: Oh, while you're standing in the space? Yeah.
3: So you, you kind of like come come to life a bit really. Um and then you come from there once you are home, you kind of start to put together like I quite often know the beginning and the end. Like um a very strong know how I want my story to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're just working out those kind of bits in between and that middle part of the story <laughs> and reading know the different strands of the stories together and
1: <laughs> that's great, yeah. yeah I love that they speak to you while you're in the setting. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. Very magical. Yeah. A lot of writers would really like to have that happen. <laughs> yeah. Right, Mary?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm a writer too. <laughs> Are you? Oh, that's
3: brilliant.
1: <laughs> Marie, if you could sit down to dinner with a famous writer, past or present, who would mm. it be?
3: It would have to be Jane Austen, actually. Ooh. I think um, because I think she was so ahead of her time. And what she was trying to do was to break into a very much male dominated environment. Um, and she is like, a, you know, come everybody knows Jane Austen. Like, even if maybe at the time she didn't know what impact she would have on, on the literary world. Like I would love to just be able to sit down with her now and just like find out what inspired her to keep going and what, you know um, in a very difficult environment for her to write in and could she imagine what her stories would become like if they're still made now you know into like and multiple movies, movies. Yes. yeah
1: over and over they make those books into multiple movies yeah and then there's all those Jane Austen book clubs
3: yes I mean yeah
1: wouldn't she be shocked by that all the people that just get together and read her books over and over
3: I know. Can you imagine, like, as a writer? I mean, that's no like, greater yeah. accolade than not, isn't that, is there? To, I've actually been to Bath as well, which is obviously where she lived for a while. I it? have too. Yes. Yeah, I have too. Yeah. <laughs> Love I, it. I have
2: linens from Bath. It's oh, how Beautifully you? embroidered, very translucent, translucent lin- lin- linens. That's a hard yeah. thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you mentioned your mother, but. Have you had any other mentors and did they find you or did you find them?
3: I've um, had a few really good, uh, I've got a couple of writer friends who have helped me along the way a lot and have read drafts for me, early drafts, just to help give me feedback, um, which has been really good. Um, and um, I also um, have, I'm part of Stage 32, which is more screenwriting, but I've been having a lot of help through them as well. They've been helping me because I'm looking um, to—it's just going out at the moment to producers as adapting it into a TV series. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they've been working with me in a lot, and I think as a writer, you need all the sort of mentor and help that you can take, really, because it's really helpful. That's a group
2: that you joined uh, before you started writing the book or when
3: you began writing
2: or people that you found along the way?
3: Just people I found along the way. Um, So what I would like to actually, I would love to be part of a writing group. So that is one thing I would like to do all. Um, I'm also looking to form my own little kind of group of readers for me as well. Especially for the next book, I would like to have them read advanced copies so they can also help me. yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, because
1: the, they can do the reviews for you,
3: and they can do reviews, which is always you have a lot. Have a lot
1: you have a lot of reviews up online right now, though.
3: Yeah. Yes, yeah. I've been really fortunate, actually. Um, how many reviews have been put up? Because obviously, it's so important as a writer, there's no greater gift you can give a writer than to to leave a review once you've been, if you've enjoyed the book, really. So, uh, That's right. true. So,
1: yeah. Right. And yeah. I just finished reading your book, Those We Trust. And did you infuse your main character, Sophia, with a lot of yourself?
3: I think there's definitely parts of her in me. Um, I can remember 10 years ago not having the confidence that I have now. So I can, I think Sophia, obviously, as a character, she goes with quite a big character arc in the story. And will continue to do so in the next one. Um, but I think we can also relate to how we can be influenced by other people around us without standing up for yourself more. And I think certainly that could definitely have been me a few years ago, just learning to for, having to learn to have confidence in myself and what I can do. And I think as women, we can be quite self-critical of ourselves. And it's a really, if you know what I mean. And I think it's really important as women that we, to learn to be happy in our own skin and I think for Sophia she has a long journey to go in that because she's been hurt and used so I think we can also hopefully a lot of people can relate to her as a character
1: uh, oh I did see people in yeah. your reviews mentioning how much they related to her character so she is she is being a voice for some young women
3: yes yeah I hope so um I've tried to make a character that's more real. I mean, she doesn't always get it right. She's, she doesn't always stand up for herself like she should, but she's learning throughout the story what she, that she's more than what she thinks she is.
1: I know, and she misinterprets a lot of what's going on around her.
2: Yeah. I'm like, wait, wake up. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. But oh like we all do, though. And yes.
1: you, you covered a little bit of this, but where did the inspiration for setting the book in the Scottish Highlands come from?
3: I think it's just from um, the moment, the first moment I went there, I always wanted to set a story there. Um, I don't. I just love. If I could live in Scotland, I I would live in Scotland, like
1: <laughs> in that area. Um, yeah,
3: in that area because I think there's something very special and like there's a raw energy about it. I can't explain it really, but there's a wildness about that area, um, particularly that I think can be transferred very well to a story background for a backdrop for it.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of mystery, right? There's so much mystery in the book and people kind of disappear for a while and then come up and scare you. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's like, and I also want to ask you, and we can go back to your book anytime. If you think of something else you want to mention (laughs) about it, but what are you reading right now?
3: I am reading um, Murder at the Ritz. <laughs>
1: murder
2: at the
3: Ritz. Yeah, <laughs> a very different one. It's set, basically, it's set in the um, Second World War, like with all the bombing going on in London. And uh, there's like this murder takes place at the Ritz Hotel, which I've been to, actually. It's a very nice hotel. Uh, uh-huh. So I've been uh, just reading that, enjoying that. I also read. I recently read, um, my friend Rebecca has just written a book. She just had it published and um it's oh. set in medieval times in like the 14th century in germany and uh i absolutely loved her book as well so i tried well to... you should
1: promote her title
3: yeah oh it's called the King's sword by rebecca simmers oh so, nice. Yeah, it's a very nice. good i recommend it not just because she's my friend but she's actually a very talented writer as well
1: oh so.
3: nice is, is, a, <laughs> is it the same genre as your book no, so it's um, hers is medieval history, so um, it's set in a very different time, and yeah, um, and that to my mind is obviously contemporary times. But mm-hmm. yeah. and, and the book you're reading
2: now, you said murder at the Ritz? Yes, um, is that influencing your
3: next few books? Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe a little bit. Um, I haven't really brought murder into the stories yet, but um, certainly I'm writing the second book now and I plan there to be a third one as well. So it's going to be a trilogy at the end. Uh, So there will be of things seem to unfold yet with the characters. Uh, So originally um, I wrote it as a standalone uh, and then my daughter, who's a big reader, uh, and has lots of good ideas actually she's quite often my little sounding board as well um she was saying no Mum, you need to you need to write you, there's so much more you can do with these characters and the story yeah so she was like she helped me come up with some plotting some ideas for the next book and so on so oh, it was good. good yeah she did, she did you like,
1: tell her to start planning her own book too yeah. <laughs> writing her own book
3: yeah, well, she she ran. Uh, she won the English Achievement Award for her school year, so she's... Uh, she's she's very, on yeah. her way.
2: She's so definitely,
3: surprised. definitely. Wow, that's exciting.
2: Yeah. As, as I mentioned, I'm a writer as well, and I'd love to hear your take on what the hardest part of the writing process is, and also how long did it take to write Those We Trust? Sometimes the first book takes 10 years to write. Mm. And then my third question in that grouping is um what is it about the romance mystery genre that attracted
3: you okay um so uh i'm trying to remember the questions the
1: hardest
3: the hardest part of the
2: writing process the and hardest part. Um, writing those we trust how long did it take and why you chose the genre
3: i think the hardest part um Apart from editing, which can be quite hard work, can't <laughs> I think actually for me, it's probably this bit now that I'm writing the book. So you start off exactly really, you exactly what you want to write for those first few chapters. Um, like I say, you know where the ending, you want it to go. It's actually, I find this part, you really have to nail down um, and focus and just try and work out, all the parts of the story you want to do in the middle to make sense for it, the ending that's coming um if that makes sense and also just making sure that you don't lose track of plot lines because if you've got quite a few plot lines going on you need to keep bringing them into the story and feeding them in throughout the story but do it at the right pace rather than bring yeah. it all in too much too quickly um, and then I think also when you then sort of query in, you have to develop quite a tough skin because you do have a lot of people reject you. You will along the way. They will just say it's not for you or, you know, well-written. and you think, why is it not for you if it's well written? Why is it not for you? But you have to just um, keep going and not give up would be my kind of tip if anyone here is looking to get a book published or because it is very easy. You could just think, Oh, I'm, I'm obviously not going to get this published. I'm just going to put it to one side, but you have to just think, no, I'm going to keep trying and keep improving it and keep rewriting it. until you've got it to the best that you can. And then just keep looking, researching, approaching agents and publishers until you find the one that's right for you. Um, And I think, I think as a writer you think oh I've written a book it's great (laughs) but actually the hardest part then is coming up which (laughs) did it take a long time to to actually from the beginning
2: to the end to put it together
3: yeah I think um so I know you're asking how long it took me to write that took me about two years to write um I'm gonna hopefully write a bit quicker the second one um and then probably another at least a year if not more of rating and writing and querying publishers oh. so yeah and, and a finding lovely. a publisher and and yeah did you
2: get an agent
3: no I've um I don't have an agent at the moment um it might be something that I would look into in the future but at the moment I feel I'm like you know I've, I've got a good publisher and um, good yes yeah, so it, it does require you to do a lot of obviously promoting you have to do a lot of your own self pr for your book and yeah
2: a lot yeah. of social media
3: it's a lot of social media yes definitely you can't not be on social media if you're a writer you ha- you have to be on that really <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: it's uh, kind and of it's a different sort of, part of your brain right
2: <laughs> it definitely <Yeah>. is <laughs> yes and, and what about um the genre was that is that a genre obviously because you love jane jane austen you like romance.
3: I, I am a bore romance, I guess. It is. But <laughs> mystery and
2: romance, that's that's a nice combination.
3: Yeah, I just loved mixing the genres up. Um, rather than, you know, not just having a straight romance, but actually I really enjoy personally I enjoy watching or reading stories that have a bit of suspense and thriller and mystery and just because I think it carries the story a lot more than um and you can add in so many more different elements to your story if you've got that as well so Mm -hmm. yeah it's my favorite way to write really and you
1: have really a good gift for description your descriptions of the places they're very very visual and your word choice is wonderful thank you loved your descriptions thank you you. very good and this is a fun question i've never asked before what is your favorite drink (laughs)
3: <laughs> My favourite drink, well, if it's during the day, it would have to be a good old cup of Yorkshire tea. <laughs> oh, the best tea, ba- like the best tea you can drink is Yorkshire tea. See, are. I love Yorkshire
1: <laughs> tea, but I love PG Tips.
3: Oh, I don't,
1: you don't like PG Tips.
3: Yeah, I'm very much a Yorkshire tea girl. I've drank <laughs> a lot of tea.
1: <laughs> yeah, I drink tea um, every day. I drink PG Tips. I love it. Yeah. But once in a while, I have had Yorkshire. I'll have to get some now. I'm inspired yeah. by you.
2: Oh, obviously. it's the best. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm more of a an herbal chamomile peppermint oh. type of tea drinker.
1: That's oh, so not you. British. It's so un-British.
2: I know it's un-British. You drink black <laughs> black tea, and
3: I like, would yeah. be builders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we call, we call it builders tea. We like a like a strong cup of tea. Like yeah. Um, I don't like, I don't like wheat tea. It's got to have a nice... Yeah, so nothing sort of like... Well, Me too. A lot of Your characters
2: don't really drink in your novel. So yeah. you have them drinking
3: tea and... Well,
1: they yeah, drink a lot of coffee. They yeah. Have
3: some, they have, actually, yes, they are more coffee drinkers. I do like coffee as well, actually, funny enough.
1: But I didn't um, know that the Scots, like, were big coffee drinkers. Well, the, well, the character is British, the girl, right? Yeah. Well, She's from Britain, so...
3: We, to be fair, there is a lot of, we are a lot more coffee drinkers as a nation now than we once were. So I think, uh-huh. uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what Costa and Starbucks have done, you see. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I have to say, if, I was, if it was evening, <laughs> if I was having a drink in the evening, uh, I'm quite like my gin, I have to say. Too long. Oh,
1: good. <laughs> that's a good English drink,
3: gin. Yeah. So darling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with the
2: with the crumpets and the um oh yeah four o'clock or three o'clock tea well whenever
3: it starts really. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so on a completely other note is scotland your favorite country in the world to visit or do you have another favorite
3: country and tell us why well certainly scotland would be right up there for sure um I also I've been quite fortunate I've traveled quite a bit Um, so I really loved New Zealand when I went to New Zealand it's a really beautiful country maybe I'll set a story there soon Mm. (laughs) Um, my brother lives in Australia so I have been over to Australia a few times uh, which I love Australia as well it's very different (laughs) and while
1: (laughs) you were standing there did any characters speak to you in the space?
3: Not at that time, because I think I was still with, more with my Scotland, feel, <laughs> But um, I'm, you never know. I'm hoping to go back to Australia soon. So, uh, <laughs> That's for the next trilogy. Yeah. Saying yeah. that, I'm also planning to come to America next year, so you never know. I might. Oh, know. <laughs> come visit us. Yeah. Um, we'd, we'd also love to hear about your keeping, keeping fit with My mm. Peak Challenge. What is that? Uh, so My Peak Challenge is a fitness program that was started by Sam Huron uh technically don't know if you ever watch Outlander he he plays Jamie in Outlander and he's been in a few other things uh-uh. and it's uh very much kind of as well as been a fitness program it's a really great community so there's like um I think there's 15,000 people in the community right across the world hmm. so um they're very supportive like there's a Facebook group and we kind of just support each other we have peak meetups and um what
1: what actually is it are you you're all wilderness people or is it running or what is climbing mountains
3: (laughs) mountains as well it is i have actually done it for that it's more kind of like um so you're doing cardio weights um a hit you know that kind of strengthening kind of workout so you do it from. i do mine from home so you can do it from home or you can do it in the gym. Uh so it's like four times a week. Oh and then Is uh, it on Zoom or uh No, you just do it in your own time. So they give you like a that you can just watch and then there's sort of um a crib sheet that you follow and
1: But there's a charity associated with it too, right? And
3: so basically so yes, so you pay so much um your fee that you pay for the year, that gives you access to all of that. Uh I believe it's about 50% then goes to charity so we've got um we're supporting like blood cancer UK and I think I'm trying to think what charities are this year um a food bank food network I think in America um mm-hmm. so uh, that's what I love about it because I'm actually supporting charities I'm also getting fit I've made loads of friends through it so it was it's been um amazing actually like to be part of it I've been part of it for four years now so oh it sounds fun yeah Yeah.
1: yes (laughs) do you have any more advice that you would give a would-be writer about the writing process and also how to publish
3: Mm. so absolutely don't give up I think um get feedback whenever you can however you can because it's valuable as a writer to get feedback Um, and I think understand that it's not sometimes it is a case of literally you you have to sit down in front of a computer and then you'll say this is the time I'm going to write but I found that I have to do that because my day has to be quite structured because I also work in a school so I'm a teacher assistant in the morning so I have to come I come home and I have like a two-hour slot where I can do writing before the kids come home and things like that so yeah If you can get into really good habits of doing that, even if it's only a little bit you write, just kind of keep on writing. Like, I think the more you write, the easier it flows. So it's kind of that. Every day. And do you have a word count you keep for yourself? I don't. I feel like I probably should sometimes. Um, I usually try and think I want to get this bit of the story, like a scene written. And then I will stop. So I kind of try and give myself that goal that I'm going to get to that part of the story, if that makes sense.
1: And also Um, you've got the time constraint.
3: And I have got time constraints. So um, I sometimes can pick it up again a bit later in the afternoon, but you're also running around, (laughs) running the kids to places and, (laughs) you know, um, as it is like when you're a working mum. But um, yeah, that would be my one thing just to kind of, even if it's a little bit every day, just kind of keep that regular going for it. Um, and like I say, if you understand that it's a long process, you're not going to write it and, ha- well, you might, you know, it might be unusual, but you might write and get it published straight, away. Right? But it's uh, more likely it's going to be a long process and just kind of understand that as you go. What
2: about uh- – publishing how how would you advise a would-be writer about getting a publisher
3: yeah so I one the great thing I did was actually uh, had someone help me write um, a synopsis and a cover letter for me who was quite an expert in it and I do recommend something like that because at the end of the day it's the synopsis and the cover letter that will be what they look at so it doesn't matter how incredible your book might be if you don't get past that initial stage with them, you're not, they're never <laughs> going to read it. So you've got to really know uh, that. Another reason also the way I got my publisher, I don't know if you've heard of um, pitch mad. Um, uh-uh. It's like this thing on Twitter um, where they will have one day where they will publishers and agents will be looking and you can, you have to do this, you do a tweet and you can do it up to three times in that day. And you basically, you hope that your tweet gets <laughs> noticed. And that is a very, like, you have to basically summarize your story in a tweet, which is not easy. I can tell you, because you do not get many characters, uh, but.
1: And did you get noticed off a tweet that yes. you did? Yes. Oh. So My,
3: my publisher likes so basically if you get a like on your tweet, then um, you're allowed. Then they um, they ask if you can query them with your story. So that's Gen Z. That's how I got Gen Z, got to know Gen Z. So they liked my tweet. I then queried them, and then they asked for the full manuscript. So it's it's well worth doing things like that as well because uh, it just helps you get noticed. So it's a really good thing.
1: That's great. The power <laughs> and, of social media, and they're actually paying attention to it
3: absolutely yes. that's so true
2: that's wonderful advice thank you so much you're welcome our guest today on late boomers has been marie jones the author of those we trust marie is there anything that you'd like to add that we didn't uh, discuss
3: just to say um i do have a website so um if you want to find out any more about me or join my writing community um that would be wonderful um so it's
2: Marie Jones com. So that's Marie Jones com, yes. And you can become part of her writing community and receive news and info, or you can contact her. And please, I want to tell our listeners to please download and read her book. It's great fun. Thank you so much, Marie. Thank you so much for having me.
1: It's a pleasure. And and I also want to remind our listeners to visit our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z, and let us know how you are listening to our podcasts and what you are enjoying. Also, please follow us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and on our Late Boomers Instagram page. And thanks again to Marie Jones. And Marie, you're on Instagram too, right?
3: I am. Yes, I'm on as Marie Jones writer.
1: Yeah. I'm following you. So everybody everybody else should.
3: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of late boomers, go to EWN podcast
2: This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple podcast and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power and impact.
0: and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.